cut that Shannon, I swear to God. Hi, G. Hi, Shannon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Books, One Plot, the only podcast on the web where one of us writes Life and Death, one of us writes Midnight Sun, and some Team Jacob Weeb and Mozzie Magnet with Blessed Cotton Socks reads New Moon. Oh, my God! (laughs) Welcoming back M to the podcast, who will be your twihard of the week. Um, I am your feminist this week, as I have... um, done some euphoria and something nonsense sure have and um g is edward's therapist this week who has done some Oof. dark noon silly silliness but we'll get into that right now we got to get into saying hi to M. hi <laughs> you may recall M from such episodes as episode 11 and episode 11 and a half yeah um, because there were two of those because we just like talking to M too much they're <laughs> yeah. just too entertaining i think oh and bless your cotton socks and of course the uh bella's oh, book club mm-hmm. which true if you're in bella's book club you've probably talked to M more recently because she shows up to that she <laughs> runs that plug, oh yeah plug, and y'all plug. just had y'all as if i'm not a part of any of this um the romeo and juliet thing Yes, in real time. It is the day after Romeo and Juliet uh, movie night. And I had to miss it because of work, but that's okay. It's okay. Shannon gonna see it. She gonna see it. I'm gonna see it. But um, Em, welcome back. We're so delighted to have you. And thank you for joining us for um, chapter... God, what chapter are we on? Nine Nine of New Moon. (laughs) Chapter nine of New Moon titled uh, Third Wheel. So I wonder what that's going to be about. What could it be? Oh, my goodness. And we have some specific uh, questions when we have recurring guests back up on back on the podcast. And um, the first one is is very basic. It's do you have any fun life or fandom updates since we last talked? Well, podcast world, I mean, in the podcast world, (laughs) absolutely. Aside from, um, well, aside from our excellent Bella's Book Club, I, uh, nope, that's it, Bella's Book Club. It's a bigger project than you'd think. It is. I don't know why I said, I don't know why I worded it that way. No, we've had Bella's Book Club (laughs) and we have had our summer reading challenge this summer, which we've just wrapped up now. And I'm very excited to start our next, uh, club sessions and um that's about it yes okay and then our our more fun question um that we have been asking people this season is to give us specifically your new moon history and your new moon opinions um if you remember when you first read it as a kid and what your initial impressions were all that good stuff i do oh my god this takes me back (laughs) oh so it was you love jake i i do and this book is why it was 2009 and i was in my second year of high school australian high school and we had a we had about three girls with us doing uh because we'd all gotten into the twilight books and the movie so when it came to new moon it became this weird like book club reading competition i distinctly remember i'd forgotten my copy of new moon at home and one of my mates showed up in the morning before school reading it and i was like no and i kept trying to like shove the book out of her hand because i didn't want her to pass me because um a really fun thing (laughs) is that if you got too behind everyone just kind of started spoiling you we didn't have time to wait for you you had to hurry up and i literally i ended up being late to school because i lived really close to my high school what i did was i got up and i ran back home home. went to my book and ran the way back commitment to the bit it really 
really was, and it was. You know what? It. I expect nothing less from a legend like you. That's yeah, that's so fun. I didn't get funny. into a, a speed reading competition until Breaking Dawn because that. I'll save that for a couple seasons from now. Oh, that no. Because that one I read at summer camp. It came out over the summer, and everyone at this summer camp was reading Breaking Dawn. And Harry Potter 7. Same summer camp. That's so intense. Damn, what a, what a summer. That's a big summer. It sure was. <laughs> Shit. Big summer to be a little a little teen reader. Mm-hmm. Good for you guys. Well, but I mean, you like, you love Jacob. Jacob's your guy. I do. Yeah. He really he's my precious little princess and I love him to bits and pieces. And this book is <laughs> why I just he had everything. He was there, he was persistent. Everyone was like this such a proper ideal, you know, like he doesn't talk like a normal mm-hmm. boy. And I'm not saying Jacob talks like a normal teenage boy in any way, <laughs> but there's something more boyish about him and real. Yes. You know? Oh, something sure. more relatable about and that him, I yeah. really well, like. it's a breath of it's a breath of fresh air to hear that because we've had so many subsequent people who were like oh I hate New Moon <laughs> this is not on purpose too I t- yeah no we didn't mean to do that but like we need we need to hear from some some New Moon lovers I've so got to say though it's so fun in that at this point I was like this is the first thing I'd read where the protagonist like the male protagonist he's not coming back. I was like, oh my God, he's gone for good. That's it. What, what is she going to do? Pick up the pieces of her broken heart. <laughs> it was like, I was like, there has to be a plan B. There's got to be a guy. There's a girl. There's got to be a guy. So I was like, this is there's the guy. This is the guy. new guy. Wow. That's so funny. Incredible origin story for an Edward Jacob shipper. <laughs> I know, right? The cop head of it all. Yep. <laughs> oh, I do love that. Did you start doing, did you start doing um, Edward Jacob stuff in Eclipse or was that New Moon? Was that right um, off the bat? It was. Or was that more of an Eclipse decision? No, it was more of an Eclipse decision. It was an Eclipse decision. Mm, I got to say. Out because the tension in Eclipse. Mm, it was so much. Tasty. And I, no, I will say I, uh, the formative years being, of course, Brokeback Twilight, which was based off of the Eclipse, like movie clips, which broke back what the video the really really excellently made video oh this is a formative experience for us i'm gonna find it and link it because following the wrong people it was truly that was that did a lot for me i'm prime material for the show notes excited to see it so i know i'm like sitting here like god i want to google it so bad but i'll refrain for now but i'll refrain for now live studio audience hot damn all right. So after we wrapped our final episode of season one, um, where we read some emails and we did a whole bunch of stuff, we've had um, a few emails since then that we wanted to go ahead and take a little pause and read for you guys, or at least discuss with you guys, um, just because we appreciate it when you guys reach out to us with information or stories or just anything at all. Um, and we wanted to take some time today to go over um, three, three people have sent us some sweet little messages that we wanted to mm-hmm. talk about. Aww. So the first one, the first email we got actually was not long after that season um, finale came out. And this is from our book club friend, Sophie, actually, Sophie, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Hi, Sophie. Um, so shout out Sophie. She sent us an email back in June that said, hi, G and Shannon forwarding this email and for context um we'll explain what the email was in just a second but she said forwarding this email from another author that's pertinent to g's ted talk from the season one finale re tv show 
I agree with you guys about everything you said of the whole TV show situation, and I'm okay with not seeing an adaptation for a long time, or even ever, but God, is it hilarious to think about? And she had sent us or forwarded us an email that was just an article discussing how likely it is for something to become a TV show and what that pipeline looks like, pretty much. Yeah, I think it was a newsletter, actually, from the author Maggie Stiefvater, Stiefvater, um, who wrote, I think, The Raven Cycle, and I know also wrote... The Scorpio Races, which was one of our summer reading books for Bella's Book Club, and um, this new one about Magic Libraries, um, <laughs> Sorcery of Thorns, that's yes. what it's called. Uh, but yeah, this author whose work has been optioned and who is describing her own experiences with like how long the process from mm. work, rights being bought to actual visual TV film adaptation um, yeah. can sometimes be. So just kind of a front row seat to development hell and really, really goes into detail about it. So it's a very cool um, newsletter email thing, um, which we'll definitely put in the show notes for you guys to peruse. 100%. Um, Sophie also went on to say, thanks so much for the spectacular podcast. It really helped me survive starting a new and very intimidating job. And through it, I found a community of people who didn't think I was weird for perpetually crying through the Twilight audiobooks as a normal part of my life. Not crying. What'd you say? (laughs) Oh my God, wait. (laughs) You know what? That's funny Sophie, enough to keep. We, let the record show Sophie is cycling, not crying. That's Shannon doing the crying. <laughs> it is me. It is me. Uh, the audiobooks is a normal part of my life. I'm so thankful. Uh, then she goes on to say, also, thanks for creating Bella's Book Club. I never read many classics before and never know what the fuck is going on in Book Club, but it sure makes me feel smarter commuting with so many smart people in a space. Oh my God, predicated. Yep. Boy, do I love words on such a novelty of a concept. Reading Bella Swan's favorite books with a bunch of strangers? That's my favorite thing to tell people at parties. Oh my god, at <laughs> looking, looking forward to hopefully finally being able to join some of the movie nights this summer and excited for the reading challenge as well. Anyways, this got really long and no need to respond. I just thought the email was interesting and timely. Okay, bye. Well, we responded, Sophie. Too bad, so sad. <laughs> well, we also thought it was interesting and timely. Yeah, (laughs) no, it was really cute. I mean, hey, if you you heard it here, folks, Bella's Book Club is a lot of fucking fun. And I agree because sometimes you know me if you've listened to the first season. I'm someone who's a new reader and I haven't read much, but I'm really hanging in there. And I love being a part of the conversation. So I'm like, listen, now I have some thoughts to share. And it just makes me feel fun to conversate with you guys. The Mm -hmm. books are like exalted classics but the discussions about them are like memes and shit posts yes. <laughs> i keep my problem away from the problematic, problematic. yeah yeah yes. so like uh. i would say even if the book is not accessible the discussion always is you know yeah it's so much fun hopefully be able, i'll be able to go to the next movie night but yeah but thank you sophie for um sending us a message that was so sweet mm-hmm. okay our second message is from jessica uh and it's very brief and it says <laughs> i love this <laughs> Hi, one of G's favorite words, egregious, is dictionary.com's word of the day today. I love your podcast and I'm happily re-listening for the third time to gear up for season two. Heart, heart, heart. I tell everybody about it. And so I've had to explain many times what life and death and midnight sun are. Smiley face. Hope you're doing well and not working too hard. Love, Jess. We're doing well. Thank you, Jess. Can't say anything to the second one. That's me fucking red. That I laughed so hard when we got this email that I think I texted you immediately and I was like, you you gotta yeah. check the email right now. 
Yeah, you did. You got got. <laughs> got to get you a shirt that says egregious oh boy, atop the I've front. Been, I've been clocked. You've been clocked. <laughs> very successfully, very funny. Yeah, no, thank you so the much, Jessica's Jess. The Jessicas of the world, you know. Very good name. They know how to do a one-two. <laughs> that they do. No, she can do. get a pair of booty shorts with egregious on the butt and then her Alice shit. There we go. Ooh, oh, yes. you're so right. No, so that right. and then the Seek Therapy shirt, those two. <laughs> oh, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's perfect. There we go. Perfect fit. And then we got one more email that G's going to talk about a bit, which is just so sweet. And I'm so excited about this email that we just got uh, recently. Yeah. This one is from Edward's Bottle Cap. Uh, and it says, Dear Shannon and G, I recently found your podcast suggested in the Twilight subreddit, and I'm having a blast listening along. I'm currently on episode 18 and have been binge listening whenever I can. I don't usually listen to podcasts, but I'm really enjoying yours. I was also starved for Twilight content and so happy I went for it because I'm truly enjoying every minute. Aww. I don't have any friends who enjoy Twilight like I do, so listening to your podcast makes me feel like I'm having a fun chat about one of my favorite book series. I also super appreciate the criticisms and adoration we have for the saga. I love Twilight and also love to hate the problematic parts, which I think are so important to discuss and really appreciate your views on the books and the research you do. I am Indigenous and really appreciate the critical eye and information you talk about regarding the controversial choices Esmire made in writing these books, and you take it further by donating to the Quilliot tribe. Thank you truly from the bottom of my heart. You are setting a great example for the Twilight fandom. Oh boy, high praise. I know, right? making me nervous. (laughs) That's so sweet. The amount of time and energy you are putting into this podcast is a lot, and I appreciate it. Sure is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. When Twilight first came out, I heard it was about vampires, which I thought meant it was scary. I'm a big scaredy cat, so I didn't read them. When the movie came out, there was the resurgence in popularity. I was in grade 12, and a couple elementary students I tutored told me how much they loved the books and were excited for the movies. So I thought, oh, I guess those are more kids' books. So I never read them again. (laughs) It wasn't until I think New Moon came out in theaters that my boyfriend at the time said we should go see it, but I told him I didn't see the first one, so we rented it, and I was hooked. I immediately went to the library and read them all. I was 20 at the time, which I think was probably a good time to read them because I was able to be a little more critical of the story, at least more so than if I had read them at 15. I at that time didn't have any friends who liked the series either, and have also just enjoyed it on my own. My boyfriend at the time didn't end up liking them. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're continuing on with the new with New Moon, and I'll be able to join in on the fun real time. Uh, I also joined Bella's book club. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you so so much for creating such a fun thing. Smiles, Edward's bottle cap. Oh, oh that's so sweet. I love Thank this. You. That is a really really nice. No, one. that is very good. You gave us really the backstory and everything. This might be kinder than we deserve. <laughs> Truly kinder than we deserve. But, oh, that's really sweet. But we'll strive to be worthy of it. I don't think so. You guys are doing a great job as podcast hopes. It was deserved. Can we? We're not going (laughs) to. Thanks. If you and Edward's bottle cap say so, your words do hold a lot of weight here. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much, Edward's bottle cap. That's just, I don't know. It just makes me excited when I hear people say so. And they have been. They've been like, send in some asks and stuff on Tumblr. They are truly a fun communicator to have yeah and I find it so interesting that a lot of people are finding us via Twilight and I know this is um a little bit of a phenomenon that we saw happen over the summer Twilight Reddit did I not say Reddit no you just said via Twilight oh funny (laughs) anyways I've had a long day but um, I realized, because I, I look up three books from Plot all the time because I'm an insane person all over on Google every other day. <laughs> and I found a lot over the course of the summer of people recommending 
our podcast on different Twilight um, subreddits and stuff and like different, uh, I don't know, chains. Yeah, that's kind of awesome that like even when we weren't putting out new episodes, we were still attracting new listeners. Like, I guess that's kind of good for the completionists if they want a whole season. I wish I could send everybody who's recommended us on Reddit like a edible arrangement or something because like, (laughs) thank you. Whatever that means. Sure. (laughs) I really appreciate it. No, it's really important that like, that's like the main way we get spread around. So the fact that you found us through Reddit, shout out to all of you people on Reddit. I don't understand you or your website, but thank you. (laughs) Listen, If you recommended us on Reddit, you are upvoted in our hearts. Yeah, you are. But yeah, that, those were um, some emails we wanted to go over. And I'm full of so much love now, which is perfect for the beginning of this yeah, chapter. Yeah, no, I'm in like a great mood. Thanks to I these. know. Which is such a far cry from a few episodes ago when we were like, fuck this bitch. But um, <laughs> so we'll be able to dial down those sentiments today. I think so, over the most part. Um, <laughs> well, we'll see. Stay we'll try. Strong. I'm doing my best. But I want to put a little bit of a personal disclaimer now that we've kind of like set the scene a little bit about how it's going to be, we're going to be a lot more excited about this episode because I'm nervous that some of you might think that we're having less of a good time because we're so mad at Bella. No, I'm still having a good time. What about you, G? Mm, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, a good time? this episode, you'll see, I have some, some comments, but yeah. I still had a great time reading the chapter because I always do. You know? I think it's just funny because I've never read New Moon this slow and every time, because yes, sometimes whenever, closely. when we were reading Midnight Sun and uh, the other two, I was like, oh, ha, I don't remember this, but it's, I'm having less, ha, I don't remember this moments and ha, did I even read this chapter moments? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I like had to send some messages to Beth, like, did I black out? Was this always in here? <laughs> And I just never caught it. I it's know. So I feel like yeah. it's now an entirely new book and I'm experiencing all the highs and all the lows kind of for the first time in like slow yeah. motion, which is why you're really getting those raw reactions. So like, I feel like I'm in the Berenstain universe. Like, <laughs> like, was this always a new moon? Was it always this fun? But they can never like doubt your ability to be a hater and still have a good time. It's just that you're so good at being I a hater. Know. True. That's yeah, basically yeah. our experience min- reading Midnight Sun. We're haters who spread joy and fun. <laughs> Honestly, true. But we got to get into what we're here for today, which is Chapter Nine of Twilight, called Third Wheel. Third Wheel. Now, mm-hmm. um, Chapter well, Nine of New Moon. New Moon. Whatever it is, we're doing. I promise I'm awake and coherent, and I've been driving a vehicle multiple times today, and I have interacted with many people in real life, too. So, I've got no Uh excuse for not being able to talk. You're just girlbossing this whole day. I'm Mm -hmm. really just going on vibes. Mm. It's also Bimbo Monday, so fuck it. At least this is for us Americans. Oh my god, happy Bimbo Monday to all who celebrate. Thank you! Oh my god, thank you. Um, Before we get into our summaries, G you always have the hardest task of figuring out when we are in this damn book. What's going on in New Moon right now? I have fun doing my silly little timelines. And right now in New Moon, we for once have a concrete answer of what day it is. It's Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. uh, through Sunday, February 19th. So Tuesday the 14th. Uh, through Sunday the 19th. I think Stephanie Meyer wanted Valentine's Day to be a Saturday, but not in 2006, ma'am. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> Get it it's right, written vaguely enough that it could be Tuesday, so she gets a pass this time. Okay, fine. We'll give it to her. All right. Well, happy Valentine's Day, my darlings. Um, 
I feel like we need to go ahead and get started on some summaries to really kick us off and throw us into these pages. And look at that. There's three of us. Look at that. Three of us on this little date. My Valentine's. So, Em, do you happen to um, have 30 or less seconds of whatever happened in this chapter, Third Wheel? Uh, Yes, I have a a very, very... Well thought out and well planned and well practiced. Um, Thirty second recap because I definitely remembered that I had to get yeah, that ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, hang on. Only mm-hmm. the most professional behavior. Yeah, exactly. 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 Whenever, whenever, well, whenever you want, you just start talking. Then this is all you. Oh, hang on. I got to get my. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay. Edward's ghost begins to get busted as Bella on a bike proves less life threatening than ever. It's Valentine's Day and Jake asks Bella to be his Valentine's and Bella is dragged into the girlfriend zone like quicksand. Who shares a quick friendly group hang at the local current bloody blockbuster. All the friends know about, including Angela, appropriating Shannon's tummy troubles. Um, Bella, Mike, and Jake end up on the most. <laughs> On the most, on the most awkward third date imaginable, like a demented tricycle um, riding down the street. All, oh, no. Like a demented tricycle paddling straight to hell. Um, Mike goes down to, and Jake takes takes to the friend zone like a duck to water. Um, then Jake uh, Bella goes down and then Jake goes down and uh, the and then we hang up on a phone call. Nope, I lost that last bit. It's okay. Jake goes down. Title of sexting. You, you, why do you have to say they're appropriating yeah. my tummy troubles? Yeah, I was going to say, not shit, it's tummy trouble. <laughs> Listen, listeners at home, you don't need to, you, shut up. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to break HIPAA. Yeah. <laughs> my tummy Suffice to say, no, that's so them. funny. Me and Bo, me and Bo, Bo. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not shit. diagnosing Bo with conditions. We're diagnosing Shannon. With oh my God. No, that's exciting. <laughs> what else can I get diagnosed with? Let's find out. <laughs> I've given you that power now. All right, Miss Therapist. Yeah, no, you have the tummy troubles, and I have Edward's lung trouble. So between the two, it's basically a Twilight reference. Every yeah, time. <laughs> crushing it this week. Oh my god, damn! I just realized. Okay, I have this big ass wall of well, text to read. I was gonna say, when you're not having tummy troubles, do you have a summary for Euphoria and something? I think our Euphoria and something chapter nine. It is also going to be called Third Wheel, but it would also be funny if it were... Well, no, you can't call it Threesome. You could call it Threesome because Bo's an idiot and wouldn't realize. Listen, we'll get to it. We'll get to it That would be such false advertising. It would be, but we'll say it's Third Wheel. Sure. I I would like the um, folks at home to know I did not practice this. And when I wrote it, I said, I'll look at it and take some stuff out. And then I didn't. So I don't even know what I wrote. I'm sure it's good. You know what? You're usually so on time that I think you can get a freebie once in a while. A pass. We'll fucking see. So So let me know when you're ready and I will time you for Euphoria and something chapter nine, third wheel. I believe in you. Thank you. In this chapter, not like other boys, Bo puts the pedal to the metal on that motorcycle and really throws himself headfirst into the friend zone. Too bad Julie, that sign can't stop me because I can't read. Black decides that she can reverse sugar ba- baby Bo right back by exchanging candy hearts for rights to Bo so or sold or something. Bo's human friends all have to fake their dust to get out of going to the movies with him as they've all heard now about the Bo, all about Bo's one-eyed Patricia's misadventure and are annoyed that he's like totally down to do crazy shit because as the local police chief's son, they know he could totally get away with it. Anyways, Julie's persistent. Her car is done and the girls are fighting. The name of the game is Tummy Troubles, y'all. Somebody call open because you get to puke you get to puke everybody gets to puke <laughs> Woo-hoo! pretty good pretty good 32 seconds that's not bad, fine not bad. 
Yeah. And what a banger of a summary. I like that you both mentioned Oh my god. Those are just the two major beats of the chapter. I love that you said that um, Bella gets dragged into the girlfriend zone like it's quicksand. <laughs> That's that is so a funny. Gravity Falls reference. So true. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that the um, event that happens, the movie event that we'll get into in New Moon, happens differently in um, Euphoria and something. Because we all know mm. that Michaela oh, is. Is it Euphoria and Misery? Or is it. Have we not decided no! yet? It's, it's going to be Agony. Agony is winning the poll by a landslide right now. So. <laughs> yeah, nobody will help me out, but it's okay. I'm trying. I know, it's okay. Oh, thank you, Em. <laughs> thank you. Love you. But, um,. Yeah, no, I mean, Michaela's a, a little bit more of a bitch, so I know that it turns. And Julie's also funnier and more, like, snarky and, like, Savvy. a cute yeah. way. So I think that it would definitely go different. But we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But first, G, you have, you had the hard job this week. You had Dark Noon chapter. I think it would correspond to, what, 11 now? It would technically be 11 or 10. It- it would be 11 or 10. Um, we'll mm. figure it out by the time we post it to AO3. <laughs> yeah, we, we will. We're trying to get, get our, our Dark Noon house in order today, organizing yeah. our chapters a little better. But for now, just know that this chapter is also called Third Wheel. Mm. Okay. Now, whenever you're ready, my dear. <clears throat> Sacre bleu! Wanting to be humiliated and put in his place, Edward calls Rosalie mid-honeymoon, but sadly she's too busy putting Emmett in his place to spare a slur for her cock-blocking virgin brother. How dare she fail to understand that Edward is the main character TM, and his breakup should always take priority over her own paltry sufferings. Luckily that slut Emmett is also there, and what that mouth do? It accidentally blurts out the perfect new hobby for Edward. Ginger on ginger crime! Get in, losers, we're going Victoria hunting! <laughs> ginger on ginger crime! Ooh. Emmett, you ignorant slut. Um... So I thank you for calling Rosalie this week. Thank you for calling Rosalie because that uh, is what I was really hoping you would call. You definitely led into it very hard. I and know. I said yes, and I think that was a great decision, <laughs> and I made it work. And I kind of wrote this whole chapter like it's not really a snippet; it's short, but it's a kind of a whole chapter. I um, am so excited to figure out what you came up with, especially because Ginger on Ginger Crime. Oh, I love that mid honeymoon. Call it a mid European honeymoon, baby. Mid stroke, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, before we talk about those sluts, we have a lot of things to talk about beforehand. So let's back up. Let's open up mid. Oh my god, I don't even know what book we're doing anywhere. Let's open up New Moon. And um, what? Where are we starting here? What's happening? Where is my damn book? Okay, now. Picture this. Okay. Bella is actually learning how to ride a bike and stay upright. It's and she's devastated. Yeah. It's <laughs> just so difficult for her. Devastated. <laughs> she's like looking for this meadow like she's friggin' Susan um being barred from Narnia. Like she's absolutely got no Oh my god. No clue where this thing is. Um and the only thing I have to say is that I can relate to this as someone who has a terrible sense of direction and once got lost walking my own dog. Um in that you know what? Shit looks the same. It looks the same. What's that? Pine tree over there? Pine tree over there? And she wasn't the one. She was carried there like a little princess. So how's she supposed to know where this freaking meadow is? And I feel for her. Um I want to see motorcycle Bella. I want to see you balancing. Yeah, no, I think Bella. it's kind of funny that she gets good at it. I don't believe you, <laughs> Bella. But also, I think it's kind of funny that 
once again, now that she's now that she's good at the motorcycle, she's like, like built up too much of a tolerance. So hallucinate hallucination Edward has stopped appearing when she's on it, and she's He's like, "Oh no, I got to think of more dangerous activities." Like, and girl, it's so, how, how boring are it's you? It's so funny because I and can hey, imagine some paint with Tara. Just imagine, um, Ghost, um, Edward with like a little pen and clipboard, like a driving instructor, being like, "You know what?" He's fading out, being like, "You can go for your license now. I'm confident you'll pass." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She encouraging. Exactly. I like um this one passage at the very beginning of the chapter that's mm. almost a title drop. Like I'm gonna drink for it, even though it's not quite a title. No, drop. this made me laugh. I'm excited for this. Um, because I also like that even as like she's it. like she's kind of having a good time in this chapter. Bella has to constantly remind us that no, 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 she's still suffering. She still <laughs> hasn't moved on. She's still totally, totally sad about Edward. You guys, she's not cheating yeah. by experiencing joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she says. I was like a lost moon, my planet destroyed in some cataclysmic disaster movie scenario of desolation that continued nevertheless to circle in a tight little orbit around the empty space left behind, ignoring the laws of gravity. It's pretty. I said, okay, drama queen. But then I also said, okay, <laughs> nice lock tomb reference. And then I said, oh, also nice Star Wars reference. And I said, also nice Dragon Ball reference. And then I just stopped because I could That's keep no going. Moon. That's Bella Swan. I literally said Leia did it better, bitch. <laughs> Leia did it better. Well, I find well, it interesting we... because, like, on the one hand, it's kind of a fun image. And on the other hand, because it's like, so you agree. You agree you can only form unhealthy codependent relationships. <laughs> oh, she's so close to understanding. I just, oh, man. Um, and I like that she's assigned everyone a celestial body sona. So Jacob is the sun, <laughs> she is a moon, and Eddie Boy is a planet, which he would say that Pluto, because that's Hades. He would be like, oh, <laughs> oh is that? Planet. Yes! Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, so God. I think that's fitting, actually, that he's a planet. I do love mm-hmm. Martabella, though, but that line where she's like, and Charlie got his wish, I wasn't miserable anymore. Because that implications are like, ugh, Martabella didn't mind being miserable. Martyr Bella didn't care. She's only feeling joy for the sake of her father. Girl, <laughs> you are like, such... honestly like, if you want, like, I guess I can feel a second of happiness. <laughs> to see that said is just so funny. She's like, I guess I'll be less miserable. Fine. She just can't do anything for herself. It's, it's incredible. Really and then I want to see, I want proof of Motorcycle Bella because I don't believe she's really doing that well. Mm. She did a straight line for 20 feet and got stoked. You think she's got crash. training wheels on the bike. But you know what? Good for her. She's she's improving on some level. Yeah. There's a line that says, I didn't keep track of the days that passed. And I said, yeah, neither did Stephanie. <laughs> Zane, oh got her. Don't I fucking know it. But Bella's <laughs> talking about how she's going day by day. And I will say, I do appreciate that she emphasizes she's only, she's not thinking about the past. She's not thinking about the future. She's thinking about day by day. Because, like, when you're recovering she from... She in the moment. Yeah. Well, when... Diem. I mean, true. Stand on your desk. Shut up! <laughs> when you're recovering from, like, a depressive episode or trauma, it's like, that's, that's like, an important thing you got to do. You got to take it one mm-hmm. day at mm-hmm. a time. So mm-hmm. I liked this. I thought it was very cute. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Well, and she can't plan for the future anyway because she blew her college fund on motorcycles. <laughs> And she refuses to take any money from the Pacific Northwest Trust. For oh, that's right. We'll get into that she, shit. This bitch. She absolutely refuses to plan ahead. And mm-hmm. more power to her. Whatever. 
So day by day, things the are getting better. The V word is suddenly Valentine's. The V word does change. We're back to talking about something different, though. No vampires. Only no Valentine's. Vampires. That's right. I don't like how, because uh, Jacob is like, oh my God, be my Valentine. But he doesn't say it like that. He's just like, here's a cheap box he of candy. He kind of does. He <laughs> does. Well, it's, it's more, more blasé. It's very like, it's oh, look what I got you. Cheap candy. Way. But, like, it's not not serious, you know? He's- well, I don't like the tone of her, again, that she tacked on to the, I was trying to think of some ways to make the boundaries clear. Again? Shut up. <laughs> I mean, we we, she, we talked about that last episode. I'm kind of with her here, actually. Mm. Um, you know, so- it's, it's like we said. Like, she never actually does do the boundaries thing because she's so codependent. She'd rather keep silent about her discomfort than risk setting a boundary Jacob won't like. Yeah, but I, for- I mean, I guess I forget that we're reading a romance because in my brain, like, I feel like implying that Jacob's crossing a line here is silly. But then I forgot that, like we have to take everything that's going on here that has anything to do with anything romantic super fucking seriously because this is a romance book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny that it's you were so like, serious. I was like, oh, it's no big deal. I like that you were like that because I was I was in hell this chapter. <laughs> like, everything he did, I was like, oh, oh I hate it. I hate it. Really? It, um, oh, that's, that's funny. I recognize that that's kind of a personal squick, um, kind of like relatable asexual problems. Yeah. <laughs> the Valentine's Day candy. Now, specifically, right. uh, uh, yeah, I was like, Jake, your love is not worth uh, 50 cents yeah. to her because she hasn't put a price That's tag true. on things, you know? <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. She hates expensive gifts, okay? It's too expensive. But also, those candies are so <laughs> gross. Those, like, conversation hearts are disgusting. Yeah. You you give those for the bit. You do not give them to actually consume. No. I believe you. This, this is an American experience that I didn't understand. I was going to say, do they not have those in Australia? Conversation no. hearts? We have some nasty. The, sim- the most similar thing we have is a very chalky, what's it called? Uh, the very specific name that I will get back to later. But it's basically in a little plastic roll. Necco wafers? Mm-mm. Is it a Necco wafer? Sweet tarts? Necco? Sweet tarts, that's the like one. It's, it's like that. Oh. I think These it's like are like, tart. if sweet tarts were a rock, if you just ossified them into yes. like a solid fossil. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. You really, you can't bite into these. Like your jaw will get fucked up. Yeah, sidewalk chalk. It's really okay. nasty. No, I don't and think the, that. Would there's be. no reward for the risk. Like they don't taste good <laughs> enough to justify. They're only fun for the message, and they're only fun just yes. to give, just to give. No, the well, aesthetic is great. I say they look, look so cute yeah. on Pinterest. That's a that's a decoration food. It's a decorative food. It's not. It's it not for is. eating. It's very yes, cute. Exactly. Yeah. This is funny because at one point. um Bella thinks, I couldn't stand hurting Jacob. We seem to be connected in an odd way, and his pain set off little stabs of my own. And I might know it was just sighs in eclipse and breaking dawn. Well, and also, it's like she's feeling empathy for another human for the first time. Yes! It felt like Midnight Sun Edward. So many parts of this felt like Midnight Sun Edward. She's like, what is this unfamiliar feeling where I feel sad that someone else is sad? (laughs) Oh, okay. So you've just, you've just been a bitch your whole life. You've never put yourself in (laughs) anyone else's shoes ever. That's why she's trying to burn all this money in these outtakes. (laughs) If only Edward could hear this shit. I swear to God. People are starving, Kim. Or people are dying or whatever. No, (laughs) she doesn't Care. There are people that are dying. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, no. This conversation heart scene, I definitely feel very torn about it because on the like 
be my Valentine's serious level, I'm like, ooh, no. But on the like joke level, yeah, like, oh, life, lifetime of servitude in exchange for the conversation arts. That's funny and cute. I like that. Jacob plays off mm-hmm. that really well though, because she gets nervous and he and she's like, What does that entail? And he's like, Oh, you're just my slave forever. And um she's like, Oh, okay, like clearly he's joking. Like I feel yeah. like he's well, pretty he's, good he's at bouncing good off. At, like, yeah, backing down whenever she gets uncomfortable, he's like, unless... I mean, no, just kidding, just kidding. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. He is very good at it. But I will yes, I will say, he does... He toes the line so often in this chapter, but he never, like, mm-hmm. falls forward necessarily, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's... Mm, for I me, would say it's still a turning point. Later. It was like, yeah, well, he understood yeah. when to back down. I'm like, this is... There's a deeper understanding here, and I'm I'm getting those vibes. Yeah, well, he definitely has great empathy for her, because yeah. he's picking up on a lot of stuff. He does, <laughs> Oh my gosh and then we get um movie planning movie, movie planning. planning is so fucking Which funny it's so iconic in the movie because uh the new movie because the film that they go to see in universe is called face, face punch. punch we love face punch what's it called in the book it's something lame it's crosshairs like it's called crosshairs mm. and that they couldn't use that apparently because it's already been used before at uh, crosshairs is an action film and i gotta say it was not well thought of an imbd and the quality is hmm. maybe mid at best, but I did look Cross it up. Ross Harris. Next Bella's Book Club movie night. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, honestly though, that would be a pretty fun one. We watch Pimp My Ride and Crosshairs. You're really including everyone. Dad. What causes the movie night? Because she had already told Mike that, oh, sometime we'll go to see a movie. She already told Mike, yes. And he was like, it's fine but if we go But why did friends. she bring it up to Jake? Well, because Jacob asks if she's busy on Friday. Oh, and that's she says, right. yes, I'm going to this movie. Do you want to come? She uh, was getting date thing. vibes from him. So she had to nip that in the bud immediately. Yeah. Yeah. She, she said, no, like, group of friends. Tee-hee. Friend group, friend but group. my favorite part of her being like, we'll get a group together is that, it, it, no, you won't. Because there's a fun <laughs> line that says... Jessica and Lauren claimed to be busy as soon as Mike let it slip that I was involved in the planning. And then Lauren got to Tyler and Connor before Mike could. So those two were also busy. And I want to know exactly what Jessica told them. Listen, I had a note on this too. First of all, Eric and Katie celebrating their three-week anniversary invented romance. That's longer than Ed Bella were together before the (laughs) ballet studio incident. For the record, Eric and them. Eric and Katie—is that who it was? Yes, they Good are live. Eric Yorkie, king of romance. <clears throat> they really are. Uh, yeah, king of romance. And also, it's so fucking funny that everyone refuses to go to the movies just because they hear Bella's gonna be there. She acts like she's the victim. I love of, it. Like, unjust shunning, but like it's early so when funny. four separate people would rather stay home than do a fun Friday night activity in their small Think town. Maybe I'm the problem. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's you. Hi. You're the problem. It's you. (laughs) I loved that. I loved it so much. I'm obsessed with this world in Bella's mind where these four people who she ignored for over like half the time she's been there all of a sudden don't want to hang out with her. And it's because the bitch got Mm -hmm. to them first. Like, oh, honey, you got to think about your own actions. Yeah. It never occurs to her that could be why, that they could just not like her. Mm -hmm. It is so good. I forgot earlier than this. Bella tells Mike she's tutoring Jacob. Like, she downplays the fact that they're actual friends. And she's like, oh, he's so much younger than me. I'm just tutoring him. And it's like, Bella, you're sending such mixed messages. If you're so determined to let Mike down easy, then why not just let him think you're dating Jacob? I know. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have to let Jacob think you're dating Jacob. He knows better. But, like, you can let Mike think that. Yes. 
It would it would make her life so much easier. Such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Autistic Bella moment for real. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wanted to talk about the uh, this one offhand line is the um, when Mike suggests forever uh, tomorrow and forever. Uh, some whatever romance mm. now i couldn't find anything like that really but i could find a tomorrow is forever which is a um mm. 1946 movie with claudette colbert and um awesome wells and i know that because it's one of my favorite movies and it is mwah, chef's Orson kiss wells? I was <laughs> yeah. gonna say, that sounds fun actually yeah he was an actor before he was a director now also i think it's interesting that um the any mention of uh Jake bringing people is that Quill was grounded for fighting in school. Now, I personally yeah, think yeah, that this cool. might be a bit of a fib so that there would be less people and Jake might want to be like, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. my boy was unavailable. But we did know from last um, episode that Quill tried to pick a fight with Paul. So maybe they finally caught him <laughs> outside. How about that? Honestly, oh, damn. anything's maybe possible. Quill got his ass. You know, I hope Quill beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. But I will say the Rotten Tomatoes drop took me. It was today's, like, take me out of the story thing. Because when I was like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Last Funny. time she name dropped a specific Discovery Channel show, and this time it was Rotten Tomatoes. And it's it's so jarring every time. Like It threw me full <laughs> off. Since when do you live in the real world, Stephanie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's the night of. Ooh, the night of. The night of. But Jacob says, because he pulls up in the rabbit, the rabbit's done. He did it. Yes. Congrats, Jacob. So proud of him. So cute. Two comments about this. First of all, um, Bella is so impressed with Jacob finishing his car that she says um, he's he's got the most years added on to his age. He can yes. be the oldest now. Yeah. And she says, I can't top this one. Title of her sex tape. Yes. That's the second almost spit take I've done today. That's so good. Oh and then the other thing is she, I had completely fucking forgotten this line. Oh. She compares herself, her pride in Jacob finishing his car. As a PTA was, mom. Yes. Yes. Oh. Proud as a PTA My mom with God. a student on the principal's list. I wrote, this is foreshadowing that will not help us in the future. Foreshadowing. She is sun zoning Jacob and like, and I was like, second of all, I can hear Beth writing a meta on Jacob Bella mommy kink from here. <laughs> she's doing it. She's writing a letter. She's writing a meta on Stephanie Meyer's secret mommy kink agenda. Oh my God. I would say, I think Bella Jacobs are just people with mommy kinks, but I think Tumblr would like actually dox me for that. They would, they would lose. I think shit. you should say it anyway. Why not? We'll protect you. Um, I also mm. want to mention, there's this one line, um, he smacked his hand against mine, but left it there, twisting his fingers through mine. This is exactly what Trev does in the Bob's Burgers episode uh, 11, season four, and it's just as awkward. <laughs> oh, no. on earth? Not Bob's Burgers. <laughs> F in the chat for that one. <laughs> that would be so cute if you were actually already dating and mutually well, in love, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is really the night that uh, Jacob kind of really starts shooting a shot because before all yes, of this, yes. he says, um, when Mike pulls up, I remember this guy, he said in a low voice as Mike parked across the street, the one who thought you were his girlfriend. Is he still confused? I raised one eyebrow. Some people are hard to discourage. Then again, Jacob said thoughtfully, sometimes persistence pays off. 
Most of the time, it's just annoying, though. And I'm rolling my eyes at this. Just fucking yikes. Especially because, like, the hypocrisy. Like, Jacob is clowning on Mike for repeatedly asking Bella out. And, like, you just said you're gonna do the same thing. (laughs) He's so silly. It's this boyish arrogance. Mm -hmm. It's funny when Bella realizes it's just gonna be her mike and jacob though because angela and ben yeah are the sick. oh shit moment oh, no. oh yeah get well soon angela ben's not even sick he's well just really he's just solidarity. a good boyfriend he's just a male yeah, wife he doesn't want to go ben because he even says he didn't feel like coming without her title of ben cheney's sex tape <gasps> <laughs> we love ben we knew he was a short king we love ben here oh shit when bella's asking mike if jacob can drive oh that's or we at the pta mom thing um, mm-hmm. but also they're, they are kind of being such like puffed up teenage boys back and forth to one yeah. another. And I want to be like, why are we pitting Kings against Kings? <laughs> well, and she leaves them alone together briefly to like go answer the phone and be like, oh no, Angela's sick. And then she comes back outside and there's a line where she says, it didn't seem like Jake and Mike had any, had made any progress toward friendship in my absence, which is just incredible i want that scene i want to know what they said to each other outside i you cannot convince me they spoke a word to each other yeah no that's true i don't think they said okay anything. they just stood there <laughs> in silence no but like they then did. i want i want a play-by-play of the gestures i want the whole thing oh <laughs> you want to interpret every bit of body language you know they were both standing there pretending like they were the more comfortable one with this situation you just <laughs> yeah. how did they how did they try to one-up each other what was the one-upmanship oh i mean jacob just stood up straight i think it was in the handshake <laughs> oh yeah where mike is flexing his fingers they both shook hands hi there sarah like that arnie predator give <laughs> now when um mike says austin and connor are out today too did he mean that they were sick that day or is that when they bailed I they were sick he mean they were sick oh they okay. were yeah sick. yeah Connor had also bailed, so <laughs> they had also bailed, but they're bailed and they're sick. Okay, yeah. both, both. And then listen, there's some scenes coming up that make me like nod my head when it comes to, I'm like, okay, I get it, you Bella Jacob people. I get it. Because the music thing is really like, damn, he's is Well, I was going to ask for um that was a mm. lot your commentary specifically, because Mike is like trying to flirt with, he's like putting his chin yeah. on the shoulder of her car seat, but he's in the back seat. I love Mike in the back seat. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, oh, does this does this radio not work or what? And Jacob's like, well, Bella hates music, so I'm not putting on music. And Bella's like, damn, I never told you that. How did you know that? But I know Shannon has strong opinions on people who don't listen to music all the time. <laughs> I just think if you drive in silence, you're a little bit of a psychopath. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. A little bit. G's pointing at herself. You guys can't see. But she's pointing to herself. No, I listen to music sometimes, but I don't need it. I have very interesting thoughts. (laughs) No. Okay. Edward wishes he could get in this head. That's what I want to hear when someone's behind the wheel on the road, that they're really deep in thought (laughs) and so interested in it. Thank you. (laughs) Listen, I have to watch the road for bears and elk Um... and all sorts of creatures. I will say this though, I I would like to know Jacob's music taste because that would be interesting to me. But True. I just think it's very sweet that he noticed Bella doesn't like music and is like, "All right, fine, no music. I'll just chill. Yeah. I'll just oh my god, nice. I'm yeah. just a, just a bro." Also. It's also not quite true that Bella doesn't like music because we know from our Jessica chapter that she actually loves loud rap music. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I put that on. And that would yeah. be a good compromise for Mike Newton. Oh, man. Put on WAP. The opinions I have on Jake's music taste, though, 
I've had a playlist since I was about 13 that I keep adding to. Really? <laughs> By playlist, I mean a what? file on my old uh, YouTube before. Yeah, share with the class. Okay, first yes. of all, it's <laughs> this very specific dad rock that is influenced by my own father's <gasps> taste in music, which is mostly the Metallica, the Guns N' Roses. That's definitely his base. I feel like that checks out. Yeah, well, it's like what he's blasting in the garage while he's working. Exactly. On stuff, you know? yeah. And Him then and the it moves on to a more uh, fun, chill tunes, such as UB40, which is, to me, still dad rock, and Bob Marley. UB40, that's my dad's favorite. Exactly. I think that that dad would be... Dad music. My white dad and his funness. Jake and Billy are so close. You know he's, that's how he started with music. He started listening to whatever his dad's listening to in the kitchen. And then that's we move on cute. to... And then we both move on to uh, whatever pop hits hit me when I was growing uh, through high school, which was, again, Rationale, which I mentioned before. Sure. And... Um, some rap, but like the good stuff. Will I've, you share your playlist or part of it, Em, for show notes so people can? It's my yeah. It's on my. I've got to find my Yahoo emails, which I haven't opened since I was okay. like sixteen. So you can. You just keep us updated on on the dis- rediscovery yeah, of know, that guy. I, I want to listen. I know. Me too. <laughs> um, I like Bella thinking through this whole accidental double date situation because I think it's kind of relatable and fun because you can see the gears mm-hmm. turning in like that empty head of hers and I'm proud of her because <laughs> she's really trying to figure out like, well, like the, the logistics comedy. of what's going on here and how <laughs> to stay safe. The comedy really comes through in this scene because she's just navigating a minefield of like, oh, I can't be too nice to one or the other of them. But also I would much rather hang out with Jacob because he's just like a more chill guy to her. She's wrong. She can have a preference. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, um, I know. I love that... Uh... Bella had to pay for him though because the first thing is like oh my god she had to get him in what's this I objected like she wanted to pay for him she wanted to pay for her little princess (laughs) for her little princess (laughs) no her son well she has her son on the the t-ball team exactly she's once again kind of sun zoning Jacob because he's only 16 he can't get into the R-rated movie she has to buy his ticket and she says he says I told Billy you were corrupting my youthful innocence what the fuck What, again. what a line. What this is a Robin line. Swan today. Jesus Christ. <gasps> Don't you call her that? <laughs> Don't you call her that? <laughs> She's acting like she literally is 40 and not two years older than him, you know? But I mean, when you're in high school, that two year difference, that means it's something. True. Yeah, yeah. That really I does would, mean I would, something. You would not catch me dating a sophomore. Oof. F in the chat. Yeah. yeah. No, not quite. Um, then the movie, what is it called? Crosshairs? It's gory. Yep. And Bella's stoked because someone gets her head cut off or someone gets their head cut off real quick. Well, earlier um, when Bella and Mike were like talking about movies uh, and he suggested the romance one, she shot him down by like faking serious enthusiasm for the blood, blood and, and gore. Yeah. She was like, I love blood and guts. And Mike was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but this scene, this scene got me thinking because- I wonder if the Cullens can watch movies like this. Can they watch stuff like this? Or do they get, like, thirsty? I don't know. I mean, can you watch a movie about your favorite food? Probably. Honestly, it depends on who's directing it. It, Does the food look delicious? Or is it just there? Yeah. Does it look good or is it fake like this? If if the Cullens can't watch those movies, then why would Bella? Because blood makes her feel faint. What what happened to this? Oh! It's true. True. I think, literally, like you said, this gore is so over the top. That she's not feeling faint. Yes. I never. I didn't put that too into. And together also, she either. did watch that zombie movie and not feel faint at that either. So maybe she's getting a bit desensitized as she 
repeatedly falls I mean this would be a good way to get desensitized if you Mm -hmm. want to be a vampire one day I mean right now I know she thinks that option's gone from her but I mean it's a good thing to practice because you're going to be doing that to animals soon Um, (laughs) we get some incredible writing some incredible passages in this scene I just I cannot with the um the image, this classic image from the movie, which is also my Tumblr. <gasps> <movie, so. gasps> the hands. Yes. The, yes, she the says, hand um, holding. She says, both Jacob and Mike had claimed the armrests on either side of me. Both so of their funny. hands rested lightly, palms up, in an unnatural looking position, like steel bear traps, open and ready. I folded my arms tightly across my chest and hoped that both their hands fell asleep. <laughs> I love I wrote, that. Um, thank you, Chris. Because he should really kept that in unfortunately. Um, but she does make a comment that's um, not as funny. But, but I think it's before this where she thinks, how was I ever going to fight the blurring lines in our relationship when I enjoyed being with him so much? And it's like, I mean, you don't have to fight it. <laughs> you can move on. You're allowed to move on. It's this mm-hmm. this self-flagellation. It's so it's so baseless it's like i don't know if it would say if self-hatred was rubbing off on her at this point because like where's it coming from you know what i mean yeah i think it's existed in her this whole time it's, it's always been within her force. her and edward were really made for each yeah, other they are well suited now i'm gonna offer the dissenting opinion that like i hate this i hate this i hate this, <laughs> I, hate this. Yeah. I hate that she's like oh the blurring lines first of all that that's was a weird terrible song. i hate that song sing that shit yeah um Second of all, like, oh, I, I really actually feel for her a lot in this chapter. I'm like, oh, that would that would suck if you were if you had Bella's attachment style of codependency and your friend wanted more and you didn't like that's just a rough position to be in. Sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If her whole Sad. happiness depends on Jacob, but she knows in turn that she can't make him happy with you know by what? giving him what he wants, yeah. that's a kind of tragedy. I will give her credit there because I mean, if she really were a little bit different i could see her rushing right into this relationship and then it yes. and then eclipse would be twice as much of a shit show it would oh my Edward god would love that though he would love to come home to her just like happily married with 2.5 kids he would. and he'd love to he be would made love miserable it. by yes, that yes he would love to be made miserable he'd love to be on the floor mm-hmm. sobbing about that mike gets yep. sick he got tummy troubles he got tummy oh, troubles <laughs> relatable he rushes out and i liked that bellows like oh no i'm gonna that's my friend i a, a man needs me to take care of him let's go and she yeah. like, after him and then jake's like no i'll come with my you. non-hungry guy who's <laughs> yeah the opposite <laughs> of that and i like how she's like oh no get your eight dollars worth and do your don't you remember when when movies $8? cost eight dollars I don't Small remember that. Town privilege. <laughs> I, I mean, high school was another time. Maybe somewhere they still do. Maybe at the fucking 50s sock hop drive-in. <laughs> Maybe. But I mean, I know, G, you said you feel the opposite way. But when like she sits down and is pulling away from Jacob, that whole page is so painful for me. But in like a different way than I think it is for you. Because I'm like, oh. damn, this is like, it's cute. And I kind of want to root for it. But also I'm like... This is not going to end well for either of you two. It's so sad to me. I think my note here was just like, I have to recuse myself from talking about this scene. (laughs) Because in it, Jacob ignores not only Bella's physical signals of pulling away and trying to pull her hand out of his, but also her verbal confirmation that she doesn't want to date him. Yes. Hate, 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 hate. Here we had actual boundary, Bella setting boundaries, kind of, for the first like official solid time. And it's not even setting boundaries. It's more her being like, 
communicating her feelings, telling him yes. where she's at. Yeah. And yeah. like, it's kind of the first time we get that moment. But I like the line where um he says, because he's like, you like me, right? And she's like, you know, I do. And then he's like, um better than any of the other guys, you know? And then she follows that up with better than the girls too. And I just wrote, give me a dyke or give me death. <laughs> I love that I, line. I wrote by rights, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, go. I find that Jake's new attitude um, comes out in this chapter. I think that it says, uh, this is me extrapolating again. You know, obviously, people aren't going to like what I think about this when it comes to Stephanie's writing intentions. But this is mm-hmm. the start of him turning. Like, this is the start of his illness that's referenced later sure, in the chapter. Um, in yeah. that this confidence, this like brazen arrogance that's coming out, it's how she kind of portrays him from now on um, after this chapter, after his, um, his illness, yeah. that he, his mysterious illness that he, he succumbs to and, and later recovers from. Um, and I think that it says a lot that it's like this uh, 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 arrogance that's coming out. Yeah, <laughs> this, this chapter... Happens. It does feel like a little turning point in Jacob's behavior a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is the part mm-hmm. of the book where we go from baby Jake to just here's Jacob. Cause this has been baby <laughs> Jake this whole time. Every time we've been talking about him, I'm like, here's baby Jake. Cause this is baby yeah. Jake. This is mm-hmm. the first time I'm not charmed by what he's doing. Um, but you know what I am charmed by actually? I'm charmed that when Mike runs out of the theater and starts puking, Jacob assumes that the guy who just just listed off three of his friends who came down with the flu today is like, like oh it must be from the gore he's must a marshmallow yes what a marshmallow such a great line i love that i love it when he says that that earns some jacob points back. yeah i wanted to know i wanted him to start listing other things that he thought might make make weaker men vomit um such as day-old rice <laughs> or having to buy tampons oh, oh my gosh but Bella calls herself like damaged goods. Yeah, and oh, she's going hard on we that. We get this imagery. really. Good. Is it the house metaphor? I loved the house metaphor. Is this the house metaphor? Yes. Oh, she yes. does compare herself to a broken down, busted house. I love the busted. house metaphor. I think it is so pertinent with the uh, outtake scene for. Mm, yeah, she compares good. herself to a busted house with only one room that's fixed up. Because she's kind of talking about how she's, like, sort of masking in order to, like, get through her days. Like, she's pretending to be a lot more okay than she actually is. Yeah. Like, just because she's like, don't get it twisted, Jake. Just because I'm doing a little bit better doesn't mean I'm ready to date anyone or ever will be. Yeah. And then at one point, because he like, he's like, oh, well, I'm allowed to like hold your hand and stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, well, so what's the problem? And she says, the problem, I said, is that it means something different to me than it does to you. Mm-hmm. Well, he tightened. And I feel like he tightens his hand around her so many times in this chapter. Yeah. You're breaking mm-hmm. her hand. He's Bessie. got a death grip. But yeah, he, he tightened. He did it to Mike too. <laughs> yeah, he, did. He, he just can't help it. Him too big. He tightened his hand around mine. That's my problem, isn't it? Fine, I grumbled. Don't forget it, though. So this is kind of like the first, like, they're laying it out on the table that, like, yes. I observed. And I was like, okay, well, now now it's out there. And now yeah, well, he, we can he see what happens He confesses next. his feelings and she tells him where she's at. And, like, that part, I'm like, yeah, fair. I like it. The fact that he says that's my problem, like, yes. at least he's, like. Putting his emotions on him. He's, yeah. Yes. He's, he's like this, scene, have, like, this line, uh, it meant everything to me. I have it underlined, and this isn't my underlining recently. I've had it underlined since, you know, good old 2009 when I first bought this book because <laughs> oh. it was like him real like it's like that's my redeeming like redemption this is the baby like he understands and he's waiting and i'm like at the time that's that was romance to a 14 year old m i'm reading this and now i'm like maybe i've just been giving the men in my life too many passes (laughs) (laughs) i'm like looking i'm like oh no 
why am I so like excusatory for all of his shit? <laughs> well, okay, here's my theory. So there's this uh, Julia Cudney video where she okay. reads all of the Bridgerton books and she concludes <laughs> your favorite book will be whichever one has the flavor of misogyny you mind the least. And that's how oh, I'm starting to feel about God. Team Edward versus Team Jacob. It's just like, Damn! which of these options is more tolerable to you? And Clock for all of Jacob. us, baby. You know what? That's fine. Mm, that's, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I'm not in like, most people are Team Jacob, but I think most people could, would rather have this type of interaction. Yeah. IRL. I prefer Jacob's brand of misogyny. <laughs> I yeah <laughs> yeah no I I think that makes sense I mean I prefer Edwards but like it's very fantastical wow. and not realistic yeah 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 so I think this is well. a very realistic mm. that's it you're bringing realism into the paranormal romance so if you're here for the paranormal romance you're not getting into it but listen yeah. the Jacob stuff is kind of grounded in realism and that's what I think people like about it is like this <laughs> feels like something that could really happen um, mm-hmm. he's more attainable for a friend yeah. and this is the coming of age part of the romance I think yeah mm-hmm. here we go. But then let's see here. Mike eventually drags his half-dead body from the bathroom. Poor kid. He's a warrior. Poor Mike. Poor Mike. They grab Jacobs and grabs an empty popcorn bucket because he's like, this is a new car. It's been driven twice and parked, driven and parked twice now. Hold on a second. I think it's really funny because also like, you know, the the cashier is more than happy to just chuck that at him. Like, yep, get him out of here. She says get him out of here. Good for Jacob thinking ahead, preserving his car, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's vital to have a bucket. That's an essential mm-hmm. thing to have in your car. As someone with two pukey brothers, you need Jake's that bucket. Pukey brothers. Jake's pretty good when it comes to, like, getting Mike home. He's, like, he doesn't, like, poke fun or anything. He's pretty He's pretty nice yeah, when, he's decent about when it. Mike's yes. in the car. But I'm confused, and I have this... <laughs> Why does everyone in these books own a car with a front bench seat? Because I mm. know... A rabbit does not have a front bench seat. It has two separate chairs. But Jacob is has his arm around Bella's shoulder as on the drive home. Um, I assumed that and was they, because... Yeah, sure, he's big as shit. Yeah, isn't that because it's a small car and he's got long arms? No? Yeah, is that but I how mean, that it, works? around I her guess. shoulders is weird. Around the back of the seat is less weird. But around her shoulders... No, I mean no. He, what he says is putting his arm around me. Maybe not. Everyone and I feel like that doesn't into their blocking as Shannon. No, <laughs> shut up, G. That's my nitpick of the episode. Is that it doesn't imply around the shoulders because it says around me. I know you and me just Emma's do it trying to imitate the gesture. They all are. <laughs> We're um, having they trouble. Both are. But uh... maybe you know we know Jake fixed up this rabbit himself, so maybe he put in a bench seat just so he could do oh, this. He, had he plans. was playing the long he game. He had plans. <laughs> Good for him. Um, she thinks because they're driving Mike home and everything's just you know happening on the way home. Most of the rest of the chapter, and she thinks I stared out the windshield, consumed with guilt. It was so wrong to encourage Jacob pure selfishness. It didn't matter that I tried to make my position clear. If he felt any hope at all that this could turn into something other than friendship, then I hadn't been clear enough. And that continues on a little bit, but I really like that introspection mm-hmm. from Bella. Cause like, it's like, damn, yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. Well, yeah. She once again kind of recognizes and shows a little self-awareness that like her attachment style is really, really unhealthy. And then she's kind of dooming them both here. Yeah. I it's like refreshing it. It's... to see from a, and I like it. Yeah. 
you know what? Her therapist doing a great job. Yeah. No, I, I really just enjoy anytime she's more self-aware she <laughs> and she's realizing her, the fucked up things she's doing. If only she could do this with her actual friends. Um, <laughs> well, quote unquote, actual. Um, but no, I had a note that I made actually a couple times during this chapter, because we're starting to get closer to the range and closer to the end here, where Bella's like thoughts about herself really are mirroring, 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 fuck a word, the way that Edward thinks about himself in Midnight Sun. It's it's very, they're very similar people in that way. Same vibes Mm -hmm. here. I was so selfish. I was leading him on. I was, I couldn't be with him, you know, that kind of, he, where he's like, I'm so selfish. I can't, I'm not good for her. You know, I'm damning her. Yeah. And I will say Jake being like, I'm not going to hurt you made me all weepy. Well, he also, he really, like, jinxed himself with that. He really shot himself in the full. It's my last day on the job, and then they get killed. Like, he was like, I'm never gonna hurt you. He said that, and then the wolf switch in his brain went, whoop. Yeah, the wolf switch. Let's go. They said challenge accepted. Yeah. I think it was so funny. Well, I said, like, all I wrote was 16 years old, 16 years old, 16 years old. This is exactly this is when you're a teenager and it matters so much and everything is so real and in the moment. Yeah. Well, and it also tracks with like the kind of larger themes in fiction of werewolfism equals puberty, you know, like he's like, he's going through his Bildungsroman romance, tragic coming of age business. And that triggers his werewolf change. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. It's good. There's a really nice description I like here. And it's not even a nice description. It's just a nice paragraph where Bella's describing Jacob. The smile broke across his face the way sunrise set the clouds on fire, and I wanted to cut my tongue out. I hadn't said one word that was a lie, but I should have lied. The truth was wrong. It would hurt him. I would let him down. Oh, I liked that. She's eating glass. Oh, yeah. Cut your she tongue went. out. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's also very Catholic, the very, very biblical, the whole, like, cut out your eye or cut out your hand rather than sin. Yeah. I'll say it's very Shakespearean, like, she's going to eat someone's heart in the marketplaces, but it's going to be hers. Mm-hmm. Um, Rip out your own heart. That's an interesting comparison. I And then this time, Jake gets um, Brothers, Brothers Owned, Owned? Which, which is so <laughs> yes. good. Well, this kind of lines up with the mommy kink thing again. <laughs> she just wants him to be her little boy that she's proud of. And she's like, I wish he were my IRL brother. So I yes. can deal with this shit. Jinky Scoob. It's so weird, though, as an older sister, I would like, that's bullshit. That's not how that is. But you yeah. know what? She uses the L word because when she's talking about how she wishes he could be her flesh and blood brother, she thinks... Heaven knows I had never wanted to use Jacob, but I couldn't help but interpret the guilt I felt now to mean that I had. Even more, I had never meant to love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She says that. I mean, I don't interpret that as romantic. I, I feel like that's the sentence a- where she's wishing I, he was her brother. I know, yes. but I feel like that's the first time she has said that. Like, oh, yeah, I but love she Jake. she does say she wishes she had some claim on him. I'm not, which yeah, is yeah, I know, so unhealthy. Okay, AVO. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna gonna break my fan in half. I wasn't saying that it was like a romance thing, like, oh, she's in love with him, but it's more like, oh, she hasn't said that word. Her using that word. It's it's good that she's acknowledged it to herself here. Yeah, Yeah, the the, the wishing she had some claim on him again feels like kind of foreshadowing of when she's his mother in law. Oh, I know, (laughs) dude. That was the first thing I thought of, too. This is terrible. Poor Jacob. and disgusting. He was my best friend. I would always love him, and it would never ever be enough 
bitch yeah, what is tragic yeah i kind yeah. of it hurts it hurted no like that part's good i'm like yeah that's that is genuinely sad and i feel really bad for both of them mm. but you know what's funny is that this is so sad and emotional mm-hmm. and what does bella see when she opens the door to her house <laughs> charlie her dad's sitting this close to the tv and she thinks must be an exciting game <laughs> that's so funny to me she just had the most tense moment walks in the door and charlie's like this close to the screen all hyped up on sports another chapter we need from from charlie pov exactly (laughs) but jacob before bella goes inside is like oh i'm feeling a little funny and bella's like ah shit he says i'm feeling wrong and it's foreshadowing too oh no well, because she notices that he's really hot because they have the windows open for Mike. Yes. And it's fucking February, so it's cold out for once. Mm. It's not springtime, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> so Bella is, like, shivering, and Jacob's like, oh, really? I'm not yeah. cold. And they're, like, snuggling in that front seat with Mike puking his guts out in the back. Poor Mike. <laughs> Poor Michael. Poor so Michael. romantic, yeah. And then he... Yeah. Well, Jake claims at the time that he was fit as a fiddle, which is something that I've heard teenage boys say so many times and is super realistic. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yes, yeah. yeah. Not a Gen X mom at all. Not <laughs> even a little bit. And then she's like, well, call me when you get home. And the mom vibes coming out again. No, And he doesn't, yes. though. And doesn't my favorite home. secondary character, Billy, steps in. He's like, oh, yeah, he made it home. Uh, we got to we gotta go. I was like, no, no, we're fine. Stay at your place. The way he said it was almost rude. And I was like, in what world um, would a disabled single father with a sick son want to deal with you? Like, why do you? <laughs> well, it's almost rude. to my hungry guys, then. She's like, clearly, I will come over to nurse him. And yeah. he's like, no, thank I am you. Woman. It's so weird that being told that you can't come <laughs> over is rude. Yeah. That's normal, bubs. Poor Billy. He's so brusque. Almost like his son just turned into a giant fucking wolf. Almost like his face is made of leather. (laughs) He doesn't have time to deal with you, Bella. But I like the ending of this because um, it's dramatic. It's very dramatic and exciting because it's like, what's going to happen next? Well, Bella gets her turn. I think, first of all, we see for all of the Twilight aunties in the world, Bella does get bodily functions in these books canonically. (laughs) That's right. But only while Edward is fully on like another continent. She can't have bodily functions when he's anywhere nearby. She needs not a human minute, but she needs a human 24 hours to puke her. I like Bella being sick, but I did catch because I love how you pointed out, oh, she has a bodily function because I did catch when she's describing being in the bathroom. Instead of having your cheek resting on like the toilet bowl, she's over there and she has her cheek rested on the um, bathtub. The bathtub, And I'm like, just say yeah. toilet bowl. When you're sick, you it, sometimes that's where your head goes. You're hugging the porcelain throne. The por- exactly. Really? I do floor. Is that worse? But I mean, when you're actively puking. I, I really don't like to do that. So what I do is I take a trash can and I sit in front of the toilet and puke in the trash can. <laughs> but also when Charlie, like I get that he wants to go to work and use a bathroom. Okay. So that's what Bella mentions. But oh, he just that was he doesn't even give yes. her a ringer. I don't blame him. When you only have one bathroom. Just leave her with one little glass of water. Give her a box of saltines or something. Yeah. Like come home with some Gatorade, you know? <laughs> I, did, I did think it was entertaining that he did go to work. And then when he gets home, she's like, yeah, I'm alive. Well, like he needs to Hello. go piss, girl. And if she's got a monopoly that, monopolize <laughs> that bathroom for puking. Okay. He's a man. He's he, got a tree. He can go. In, I was about to say, go in the backyard, boy. <laughs> what if he needs to, um, number two? Like, I, what, who's going to arrest him? He's the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can shit in the lawn. Who cares? I guess. 
But yeah, LOL. I like that um, Bella woke up to Sori and it had been, she was like, oh, Charlie must have carried me. And there was a glass of water on the nice Yeah, stand. Charlie carrying her is cute. cute. That's nice. He carries her so much and she just gets carried a lot in this um, book. She really not does. Spoil, but it happens she's more. She's a weak little damsel as Stephanie insists she's not. Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. But um, the chapter ends because eventually she feels better. The 24 hours are up. She's found out Mike is feeling better, then she feels better later, and then she calls Jacob and realizes that he's sick and he sounds rough. He sounds bad. Yeah, but he insists he doesn't have the same thing she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did he say? It's worse or he's something? He's like, I've got something different. He said, he says his whole body hurts. I felt really bad for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like everything hurts, every part of me. That's what As, as someone who has had the blo- bone flu, I definitely... I'm the bone flu. What the I don't hell know what that? I actually don't know what you call it in um English, but uh, well, English in Indonesian they say it's bone flu, but it's based. I think it's just a regular. Maybe it's a regular flu, but I felt it in my bones, body. Body flu. Flu does fuck your body up. Um, That's me after I get a COVID shot. I'm just <gasps> fucking yeah. taken out. Yeah, everything true. hurts and I'm dying. That's true. Well, see this distance. I'll call you when I can. I'll let you know when you can come down again. There's a wall and it's it's coming up. Yeah, he says, don't yeah. call me, I'll call you, literally. Wait for me to call. Okay, bye, Jacob. Bella, he whispered my name and then hung up the phone. <laughs> what? Dramatic ass. Yeah, I know. But I like the drama. It's exciting. I'm really excited. I wanted to keep I reading. Really, I really liked it. And the focus on dialogue, like stripping it down to the dialogue at the end was very fun because you could kind of, it felt lonelier. Mm. Like, it's just the two of them in the world. Mm, yeah. It is very lonely. Yes. Oh, that's a great I way like to put that. it. Ooh. Okay, I'm excited, but I mean, that's where mm-hmm. we leave off there. Yeah, that's our chapter. It's so exciting, but we've got to pick an MVP before we move on to any other of our little um, extra things we've got going on. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's MVP? The popcorn bucket. The, the girl who gave them, yeah, the popcorn bucket or the, the popcorn, popcorn girl. Who didn't oh, no, it. I meant the actual popcorn bucket, but her no, too. I think popcorn both. bucket. I think both. <laughs> She was like, get him, get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I agree. Yeah, the popcorn bucket and the girl who gave the popcorn. Because that one line, she had that good one-liner. Yes. That's all she needed. And then she impacted that chapter so much. We love an iconic one-line character, you know? Featured extra. <laughs> Whose POV do we want to read this chapter in? I know mine. I don't know. You go first. Mike. Because I want to see him trying to get other people to come along and talk. Trying to, I want to see him try to talk oh. Jess and Lauren into coming. Yeah, true. And then he's like, in his brain, he's thinking like, what happened? Did something happen? I wonder what's going on. And that just yeah. keeps happening and happening. And then he has the worst movie night ever. I want, I want him. I like, the, yeah. Does he know that they all hate Bella, or is he oblivious to why everyone's dropping out? You know, that's I, I, I want to know. I don't think he has any I, clue. He Come might on. know. Oh, but he's the one working yeah, I think with he's her. Just a little sunshine boy. He might also have a clue, but be like, no, I know Bella more than they do. They just don't understand her or something. Oh, yes. Something. He it's would fine. pull that explanation. Yeah, he <laughs> would pull that. He'd be like, no, no, no. I spend so much time with that's that's my actual friend. I know my girl Bella. There was misunderstanding mm-hmm. with her and Jess, probably. Sup, Arizona. Yes. Sup, Arizona. <laughs> God, that mm-hmm. actor did such a good job. Shout out to the Mike actor, Michael Wells. She did so good. Yes. A Mike played And he Mike. ate this role. Icon. He did good in this scene in the movie, too, because when Jacob yes. gets all aggressive, he, like, you can see the tears in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck is happening? You feel like, so bad for I think him. I need to go home. Oh, <laughs> he did such a good job. He really did. Poor little vomity Mike. But I mean, that's whose POV I want. What about you guys? Yeah. Um, I'll go with Mike. I want to know what happened while they were outside. Yeah. 
just that one scene, silence. As the certified Jake girly, I wanted Jake's point of view for all of this. Like, okay. I just, the idea of him when it starts coming on, like, you know, he woke up aggro. He woke up ready. And all of a sudden he, he uh, ended the night in a very different state. He did go through a whole spectrum he experienced oh. the full spectrum of emotion. You're right. He was yeah. laughing at the gory movie and Mike vomiting. And bare in his soul. He was afraid he for was his shooting car. a shot and he got shot down. A lot of happened to him. That must be, I mean, clearly that's what triggered the werewolf change is that there were just so many emotions. No, you know? the second he's like, I'm never going to hurt you. Everything is fine. Doom. No, it's not. <laughs> Wolf be upon you. Oh, that was a lie. Well, that was a lie. Yeah, that, those ancestors were like unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got an outtake. The same scholarship outtake, but a new scene to discuss new today. Scene. And um, onward and upward. Onward about Bella just not wanting to deal with the Pacific, Pacific Northwest Trust. <laughs> Woo! This uh, might be my favorite scene from the outtake because there's, it's just. This gold. made me lose my mind. It's so fucking good. Now everyone's <laughs> like, here's some cold hard cash in a Manila envelope. <laughs> what? Not the cold hard cash. This is. And like at this point, I I kind of have to agree with your your excerpt that maybe Edward really is writing these letters by hand instead of using a proxy. Because I love the image of him like sitting sobbing over the keyboard of one of those clear plastic colorful Macs. Yes. And he's typing out these letters like, maybe she'll feel my deep love from this sentence about bank transfers. And then she doesn't even read the letter. No, she doesn't. It's her little pretty woman moment and she takes to it with such dignity. <laughs> If your ex gives you a wad of cash, like, it's... I, I felt cheap for her, okay? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Money doesn't buy her love. The fact that she even considers burning... Oh, my God. Oh, my started sweating. No. Oh, my God. I, no. I lost Donate years it. of my life Donate when she it. considered burning the 30 grand. She has 30 grand. terrifying. Oh, my God. Throw it. Throw it. Girl, I'm sure there's the a car. food bank that could really use that. Maybe a GoFundMe for the starving Marx family. I know. <laughs> the Marx family. Help them out. Go actually pay for those bikes that you just took for free. Mm-hmm. But Bella takes the box and is, like, furious and then angry drives to the Cullen house. Which well, I and think I is like fun. that right after I wrote down that note about how she could, should donate it to charity, she considers donating it to <laughs> charity and then doesn't. Republican son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> like, she, I, but also, it's funny because the charity yeah. that she considers is she thinks about donating it to a charity for people with diseases of the blood. Or something. Fucking no. Love a vampire no. joke. That was a it's 6 out of 10. So you could have done better there. It's funny. That would have been so funny, though, if they had come home and Edward had been like, okay, so your scholarship. And she'd been like, oh, no, I donated that. It's gone. <laughs> to people with sickle cell. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hemophiliacs. Like. But she pulled that truck up and put it in neutral and then jumps out. Yeah, this is how I imagine all Americans drive. As soon as uh, we have a disagreement about the handbrake and the use of the handbrake, I assume your cars are just rolling all over the goddamn place. Except safe assumption here. We have a a regular brake. You just put the car in park, not neutral, and then you don't have that problem. I don't understand. That is just the vague idea of a of a brake. That's like putting a stick in between the spokes of a bike. Yeah, I, well, I've used neutral twice in my life. Like, I literally didn't know how to put my car in neutral for a while. It's always like, you need to put it in neutral for the car wash or... Car wash. Yeah, that's the or only Or for, time. like, a tow truck. Yes, tow trucks, car washes. That's all. I can't think of, like, another neutral occasion. If you have to and, push the car, I guess. like that. And neither, That's why neither of you are ginormous red truck girlies, though. 
Bella can put her car True. on neutral. She's got it. Nemo so. and Priya are so. pretty are pretty teeny. Well, Priya's bigger than Nemo. Mine's not. Yeah. yeah whatever. Mid size. They're smaller. But um, she takes the box of money. She goes up to the front door and is like, "Well, I'll just leave it here." And then she's like, "I can't just leave." $30,000 That's almost as bad as Benny. I love this self-awareness because, frankly, <laughs> that shit was scary. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then she gets back in the car um, with the box and is like, wait a second, it was his money and damn it, he was going to keep it. And I wrote, girl, he clearly doesn't want it. Please donate it. <laughs> well, can I read the sentence of what she yes. wrote next? Because I think we Please. need to hear the in, the exact this words of this passage. Is incredible. Okay, it's possibly my favorite writing in the entire series. And yes. I can't believe it was cut. Same. <clears throat> she goes. I just heaved the box as hard as I could toward the door. I'd never had the best aim. The box smashed loudly through the front window, leaving a hole so big it looked like I'd thrown a washing machine. <laughs> There is no way in hell that Bella throwing a cardboard box. Bella throwing a cardboard cardboard box. box? I think it was just like a heavy manila envelope. Yeah, it It was still a box at this point, I think. Oh, okay. It's FedEx package, and I didn't know what that meant. It could be either. That doesn't specify whether a box or an envelope is not going to make a washing machine unless unless they just have really cheap glass, which would make sense because you know how Lexi is always going on about how the back glass wall doesn't make sense because it would be too heavy. The architecture is stupid. Maybe it's not that heavy. Maybe it's just sugar. It's just sponge sugar. (laughs) sugar. No, I thought... That's all it is. I wrote maybe, like, how did it break the glass? Maybe he put, like, a grand in pennies. (laughs) That would be pretty heavy. $30,000 in pennies. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so funny. This, um, this, but you know what? She does say after she like smashes the window and she's like, oh shit. She does, um, think like, oh, I will say the smashing of that glass sounded really satisfying. And I just think Bella would really benefit from one of those smash rooms. Jacob should take it. I had the same exact note. I was like, she just needed to go to one of those rage rooms where you break plates and she would have been fine. She would have been fine. We could have avoided all of this. We We love vandalism. I wrote, um, chuck a match in there too. Who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) It's the Pacific Northwest. It wouldn't even catch. Exactly. (laughs) Although now it would. Jesus Christ. In 2006 though. But I think that, yeah, that's why I was like, when I was reading the house metaphor, I was like, ah, I see. (laughs) The front room is barely usable now. It's got glass all over it. Um, Just so fucking funny. Like, also, we have to drink for Bella saying, aw, crap, after she breaks the fucking window. So drink for that. Well, and also, the fact that she is trying to comfort herself about breaking the window, and she says, and now I had a convenient drive-up drop box for next month's installment. (laughs) She's like, I'll keep coming back. She's just going to toss them in there through that hole. It's so good. So funny. And it's so ridiculous. I like, I understand why this was taken out because it's ridiculous, but it's so yes. ridiculous that I want it so bad I, to be yeah. canon. Same, same it's exact page there. So uh, good. I love it. Like, she's like, this is the best I can do. And it's like, no, you could donate it like you thought before. <laughs> it's literally not. <laughs> and then she says, the best it was like here would charlie have to arrest me for vandalism like in what world does the daughter yes. of a cop think that she's gonna get arrested <laughs> yeah like she'll ever be held when accountable when she's bella swan 
when she's Bella Swan. She's little Miss Mouse. No, I'm not like other cops' daughters. Um, but like, just genuinely imagine that situation of her trying to be like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. And like, goes to Charlie and being like, arrest me, take me away, throw me in jail when the sun don't shine. He'd be like, what did you do? And she has to explain about the $30,000 that she had in her possession. In pennies in a box. (laughs) Pennies. Charlie would stroke out. Yeah, Yeah, but I love. She actually goes through the phone book and is like, "I can fix this." (laughs) How would I explain the address? How would you explain that? Go into this abandoned house. Not your house. Yeah, (laughs) don't look in. Don't look at that. It's funny. Well, the only reason she doesn't call anyone to fix the window is because she needs to call someone she doesn't know, and she can't find (laughs) someone in this small ass town that wouldn't know who (laughs) she is. I think it's cute. Small town girly. The glass worker is like Eric's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, 10 out of 10 for this scene for scholarship outtake. I just, this is as good as it's been. And we should mention that it it actually takes place kind of between this chapter and the next one. Maybe more in the beginning of the next one. But we wanted to put it here because we wanted Em's take on it. We did. And I think the note that Stephanie left was that it takes place when Ed, um, Jacob is quote unquote ignoring yes. her. Or Avoiding something. her. Yeah, Avoiding yeah, yeah. her. Which yeah. is something so, like that. Pretty much. Which Just... is a little a little preview slash spoiler for next episode that you guys will get from us. <laughs> Um, He's kind of just dipped his toe into the ignoring. He said, Bella, (laughs) and then foreshadowed for a hot minute. (sighs) That's it for the actual canon, quote unquote, canon stuff. Now it's time to enter fanfic world. (laughs) Because that's basically what these are at this point, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited. As soon as Shannon mentioned you were writing it, I was like, what do you mean she's writing? I thought she meant she was writing fan fiction. What what is she writing? I'm so excited. (laughs) It's as accurate as we can get to what we've got, you know? Yep. We're doing our best to be canon flavored. But I would love to read this um, chapter in Bo's perspective. Like genuinely, I would love to read this. I feel like if I had to rank them, this would be in my number one of chapters I want to It's very gendered in that it's like these two boys both coming on too strong and then like making fun of Mike's fragile masculinity at the the pow pow action movie. Like there's a lot of stuff in here that's gold. And it's like, how do you flip that? So that, it was just, I will say I had a lot of fun with what I did write for this chapter. Oh, I can't wait. And I I kind of I kind of started and then I didn't want to stop but I was like I have to pick a point to stop because I can't just keep doing this whole chapter although I really wanted to cuz <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Euphoria and something was a lot of fun to do well, today listen, guys. If you feel like writing more, you can always just throw it up on AO3 with all of our other thick stuff. If I had the time, I would so do it. I really <laughs> would. Cuz I feel like we are we kind of have just as a note for people who are only listeners and who have not yet checked out that AO3 mini collection. We have written a couple extra things and are planning to write a couple extra things that are just going to be AO3 only bonuses. Yeah, um, that you guys wonder about on here. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because sometimes we come up with things after the fact and we're like, oh shit, we gotta write. Yeah, that. I know. <laughs> like, shit, we gotta go back and include that. Yeah. So, um, but for now, let's read what Shannon has written for Chapter Nine: Third Wheel of Euphoria and Something, probably Agony. Okay, so the author's note says this is right oh, when Michaela is pulling up to Bo's <laughs> house for their movie night. I remember this girl, Julie said in a quiet voice as Michaela parked across the street. The girl who acted like you were her boyfriend. Is she still delusional? I raised one eyebrow. Some girls just are, I guess. Then again, Julie sounded like she was thinking out loud. Maybe she's been getting mixed signals. I ignored the look she gave me when she said that. Well, maybe she's just stubborn. Michaela got out of her car and crossed the road. Hey, Bo. 
she greeted me, but her eyes were already looking Julie up and down. I glanced toward Julie, too, trying not to look like I was creeping on her. Her face had lost some of its baby fat, and she looked older than she did even last week. Julie barely looked like a puny sophomore. She really was almost as tall as me now. I didn't even mind, which shocked me. I must have been getting more comfortable with my masculinity. I pushed that thought away. I needed to remember I was being subjective here, and just looking at my two closest friends and comparing them in a non-objectifying, totally normal way. Hey, Michaela, do you remember Julie Black? No. Michaela just stood there. Old family friend, Julie introduced herself, holding her hand out and forcing Michaela to play nice. Michaela's hand looked limp in Julie's firm grip, as if she hadn't even tried returning the handshake. When their grip broke, Michaela wiped her hand against the side of her jeans. The phone rang in the kitchen, sparing me from another moment of this super awkward reintroduction. Uh, then there's another author's note. Blah, blah, Alan and girl Ben are sick. What, uh, girl Ben is, is Becca. Oh, Becca. fuck. Well, oops. <laughs> Which is such a cheating, repeating thing to do I because know. Jacob's sister is already Rebecca in canon. There's already anyway. a Rebecca. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay, next part. Next section. I took my time walking back outside where the girls were waiting. It was a bummer that Alan and Becca were sick, but it wouldn't be too bad. I mean, how many guys can say they've taken two girls with them to the movies? Maybe Jeremy would be forced to talk to me when he found out it was just us. Then I thought about the implications and could feel my neck getting all hot and junk. Sure, most guys would be stoked to hear about this, but I wasn't like most guys, and I definitely didn't want to hear the questions about boobs and stuff that Jeremy would have for me on Monday. Maybe I could fake sick if things got too weird. Another author's note, blah blah, they're about to leave. Hey, do you mind if Julie drives? I asked. I told her she could. She just finished her car. She built it from scratch, all by herself, I bragged, proud as a fisherman showing off his latest catch. Fine, Michaela sniffed. It clearly was not fine. Coolio, Julie said, unperturbed. She seemed like she was enjoying these introductions far more than I or Michaela were. Michaela climbed into the backseat of the beetle, looking really pissy. Julie was her normal sunny self, gossiping away until I forgot all about Michaela Michaela. <laughs> and then Michaela had a sudden change of heart. She leaned forward with her head between the seats and tried to lean against my arm that I tucked closer to my body. Unfortunately, I was almost too tall for this seat. My knees were bent more than was comfortable, so I wasn't able to shift away. Doesn't the radio work in this thing? Michaela asked, real bitchy and all, interrupting <laughs> Julie mid-sentence. What's a radio? Julie quipped, not missing a beat. Michaela just stared at her until Julie rolled her eyes. Of course I do. I'm not going to turn it on, though. Why not? Michaela sniffed. Oh, don't you know? Julie glanced backward and blinked her big, dark, peppercorn eyes. That's embarrassing. I couldn't tell if this was the way girls normally talk to one another, or whether this was a weird thing they were doing because of me. It was so tense I cleared my throat to draw their attention toward me. The plan backfired spectacularly, and I choked on my spit. It was as I was loudly coughing that they both turned to look at me, shared looks of shock on their faces. It would be embarrassing to choke to death, but then I wouldn't have to deal with this catty weirdness. About a minute later, I pulled myself together, and they resumed their bickering. I was just saying that I'm shocked you didn't know that Bo hates music. I stared at Julie, surprised. Did I hate music? Huh, I guess I did. I'd never noticed, and I was shocked that Julie had picked up on something like that. Bo? 
Michaela asked, annoyed. Um, yeah, I mumbled, now staring at Julie's self-satisfied smirk. She's right. Not even Weezer or the Black Eyed Peas? Michaela didn't seem to think I was serious. You mean to tell me you don't like Coldplay? You don't like the Gorillas? I flinched at the name of that band, and it must have been visible to both girls, because the car fell into silence after that. So sad. The bravo, gorillas. bravo. The gorillas. <laughs> so don't good. say that word to him. Oh my god. Don't say Not that word to him. Because it's a flashback to the gorilla. I know. He's the gorilla. Oh the gorilla. His fursona. I know. <sighs> wow. That was, and I genuinely wanted to keep writing, but then I was like, girl, you gotta pick a place. You gotta stop. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, I completely so lost fun. track of time while I was writing this week's. I was having too much fun. Ooh. And mine isn't even that funny. It's just very plot heavy. You're you're about to see. Oh, wow. Apologies in advance that I did more plot than jokes this time, but I felt like I had to, I don't know, set off a a little new direction. Well, before we go to Dark Noon, do we think they went to see the same movie? Michaela and Julie and Do we think they went to see the same movie? We think so? I kind of love the idea of them doing a really, like, a romance in that Bo would be like, and it will be nothing like the real romance that I had, so it will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of Dorian Gray style, yeah. That's so good. Oh, man, I can't think of anything else that I, question-wise, for for, um, Euphorian something. So, I mean, hey, Dark Noon is waiting for us, though. She's waiting. Oh boy, it sure is. <laughs> so we're going to read a little bit of what um, G has written for us for this um, Dark Noon chapter nine or whatever. Um, we'll figure mm-hmm. out the numbers. Uh, Third Wheel, mm-hmm. you also titled it. Now, do you want to give any context or should we um, just jump right in? You should in remind me? them of where yours left off last time and that'll be all Ooh. the context they need. All right. So last time Edward was having a bad time. He had his phone. He set up his Pacific Northwest trust thing. He, um, there's a conversation with Alice. Edward's like, Oh, well, this will make me feel worse. And she's like, is like totally fine and tries like checking up on him. She's a lovely, it's a lovely conversation. And he gets off the phone feeling really good about himself. So he's like, who can I call to make myself feel worse basically in Edward's He's speak. not allowed to feel good. He's a He's vile not. monster. So he picks up the phone and dials a different number and that is where we've left off here and we're going to pick it up where G has given us here for Dark Noon so I hope you guys are ready. <clears throat> Rosalie picked up on the seventh ring. Who is this? She snapped. Perfect. Surely this conversation would leave me feeling appropriately wretched. Hello Rose. Oh. Edward. Apparently, Alice either hadn't seen fit to warn her of my call, or hadn't had the time. I thought I heard the muffled sound of Emmett's voice in the background. Cell phones, with their imperfect speakers and pitiful range, were a frustratingly unfit replacement for vampire hearing, but it sounded as if he had asked a question. This was confirmed a second later, when I caught Rosalie's nearly as muffled. Yes, it's him. Was she covering the receiver? Hello, Emmett, I added for his benefit. There were rustling noises, like fabric. This time I managed to hear part of Emmett's reply. He okay? Here's bra. Damn, his timing sucks. Where did... Strap! (laughs) Ah, I had caught them in... (laughs) Ah, I had caught them in flagrant delicto? Flagrante, yeah, flagrante delicto. In flagrante delicto, then. Despite my superior cognition, this was not the first time. Emmett and Rosalie's marital relations were aggravatingly unavoidable. Why, then, did a searing agony rip through my chest now? 
The lack of privacy afforded by my gift meant I had long since gotten over any squeamishness about my sibling's debased carnal antics. An unwelcome memory resurfaced then of a warm body in my arms, a piercingly pure cacao bean eyes, avoiding mine as a timid voice asked me whether vampire marriage was the same as it was for humans. Bella. My core gave a painful, hard throb. The ache in my middle was a frequent companion now, as if I had drunk too much blood and might burst from the turgid weight of it, though in truth I had not fed in weeks. It had taken less than a second for the agony to fill me. Rosalie was still on the other end of the line, cradling the phone between shoulder and ear by the sound of it. Edward, is everything all right? What a foolish question when nothing was all right, when nothing would ever be all right again. But I had to reply for the sake of appearances. Yes. My apologies for the interruption. Where are you? My voice was flat, colorless. Even inflecting the question took a monumental effort. I gave you a pronunciation. Yes, you did. You did. Ex en Provence. Good job. The south of France. That was right. Alice had said something about yet another honeymoon, something I'd overlooked amidst the rest of her prattling. Sounds sunny, I observed. It was only polite to feign that I cared. Yes, well, we haven't been out much, replied Rosalie as Emmett chortled in the background. Disgusting. Did you need something? I need you to remind me what a vile monster I am, to tell me I did the right thing, remind me why I have to stay away. I struggled to think of a reply that wouldn't sound insane. Merely checking in was my feeble reply instead. Still brooding, then. There it was at last. The derisive edge in her voice. I found I had almost missed it. How long are you going to keep this up, Edward? Carlisle and Esme are out of their minds fretting about you. You should be home with them. I welcomed the familiar anger that sparked at her words. Anything was preferable to the swollen agony I had been feeling. Home, the way you are. We had to get away, she sniffed. It's unbearable, living in a cloud of misery all the time. Unbearable for normal people, that is. Before I could reply with another barb, Emmett's voice sounded in the background again. This time I could hear, go easy on him, babe. Rosalie's sigh of irritation crackled through the Nokia. Where are you? I had lost track somewhere in New Brunswick, where a sign for Prince Edward Island had aroused the... aroused the swollen agony. It was one of Bella's dream travel destinations, one I would never see with her. As for where I was now, Maine, Quebec, I hadn't the faintest idea. I'm not certain, I told my sister stiffly, near the North Atlantic coast. Sounds like you could use another hobby, another sigh, or at least a nice hunt. Em and I found some decent prey in the Laurentian Mountains in 95, she offered as a verbal olive branch. Emmett had evidently moved closer to the phone, or Rosalie had put him on speaker, because his voice was suddenly loud and clear. Hey, speaking of Laurentian, is that Laurent guy still hanging around with Tanya? Sounds like he's mostly hanging around Arena, from what I hear, Rosalie sniffed. At least we know where he is, unlike that psychotic redhead. You mean the psychotic redhead you and Esme let get away? Chuckled Emmett. There was a muffled thwack sound. Psychotic redhead. He meant Victoria. 
Victoria, who, unlike Laurent, had assisted her deadmate James in this in his sick games. Victoria, who had tried to help him kill Bella, and who was still at large thanks to Rosalie's failure. Prickly unease spread through me at the thought, tempering the agony to a dull ache. Could I really allow someone who had threatened my life, my world, to remain free, wandering unchecked? I imagined her, out there even now, stalking a hapless human male in a club somewhere, perhaps luring him into an alleyway with the promise of displayed flesh. Would she be content with that victim, or would her villainy ever fix on a more unacceptable target? There had been no thought of vengeance in her mind when I had read it that day in the baseball clearing, but minds could change. I imagined that feral killer coming after Carlisle and Esme, shattering the peace of their home in Ithaca, but surely Alice would see her coming and surely Jasper could deal with a single assailant. I had another target, a far more precious one, to worry about. I couldn't even bring myself to picture that savage creature menacing a slight human form, so fragile and pale, pale so temptingly vulnerable as it slept. No, I could not allow the image to come to pass. It was unacceptable, unfathomable. You're right, Rose, I said into the phone. It's high time I went hunting. I snapped the Nokia shut. Dun dun dun! Dramatic, and I laugh so every good. time the Nokia gets snapped shut because it's still a brick in my eye. Sorry, I was no, it's fine. No, model. gee, I it's so funny it's because I'm so gonna just good. keep going back and forth, and we're not gonna. <laughs> Um, it's fun. Well, also, also, I was picturing was so you did a lot record. of world building. Hmm. Thank you. I, for the record, I was imagining Rosalie initially being really nice when she picks up the phone and she's like, "Oh, Edward, hey God. bud, <laughs> how you and doing?" Then after he, she taps Emmett in, and she's like, "I don't know. He mustn't be doing well. Come here, get over here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me. He called me exactly. No, like she's like something's deeply wrong and only after he's like i don't know where the fuck i am is she like will you fucking act right <laughs> <laughs> for 10 seconds when i read the word strap oh. i wanted to reach the screen and smack you You're that was incredible. that was so I good love you. i had to put some humor in there somewhere <laughs> unstoppable that was so fun i love this that was so pretty people are gonna really be like maybe you guys should write more of dark noon i'm gonna be like no heart emoji no this is heart emoji get. is no heart no. emoji this is what you get thank you for pulling prince um edward's island back in there yes you're welcome so now we have well, a starting I... point we have exactly. a starting point for um edward's um next chapter His journey which is exciting because <laughs> we're gonna send this bitch on a journey baby although stephanie oh, meyer yeah. technically sends him on the journey but we're gonna tell you guys about it i'm excited about it exactly. <laughs> yeah i i went through and took notes on like what we know from canon about what the fuck what he he's did. doing this yeah. whole time it's very little so we have a lot of wiggle room yeah me and g kind of set like bones down for like okay what do we need to do what do, what things do we need to check off the list and then we we had a little to bit of a brainstorming canon, sesh yeah. so mm-hmm. we got a better idea moving forward it's beautiful edward will leave that fucking leaky faucet room i promise no more counting i'm a lot more excited for dark Uh, that's so good oh my god i'm so excited i'm imagining he already has left the leaky faucet room by this chapter because alice had the address so he clearly knew where he was while he was there so yeah, hit you get to choose where that was. Let's see here. I mean, that covers everything, right? We've covered it all. Yeah, we sure have. Hey, Em, thank you for coming back. Yay. I appreciate we it. We always have so much fun. I know. My book club bestie. Thank you for having me. It's been so good. And I'm so excited about Dark Noon and Euphoria and Blank. That was so fun. <laughs> 
See, and this is the first time you've been back on the podcast since Bella's book club started. So it's really exciting to be like, all right, here's the three people involved. So right now in these um, three books, one plots projects, there you go. Special episode for you guys. But um, can they still find you on? All good. I'm the same socials as before. Easy to find. It's at Guesthouse Gables and Tumblr and AO3. AO3. Okay, perfect. All right. And you can find us online in a lot of places. But before we get into those places, we have order of business. G, what's going on in Bella's book club? Oh, G and M. Both of you are here, so I can ask this question (laughs) with you both. What's happening in Bella's book club? Let me know. Um, Tell me and the people. Well, this episode airs December 4th, 2023. Um, So this month, we are doing our our Christmas core, winter core nonsense. And Mm -hmm. we're reading some C.S. Lewis. We are reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. (gasps) The Chronicles of Narnia. I'm excited. Yes. I've the never read and the Criminal Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, it's the oh, second. Oh, it's gonna be so exciting. Yes, it's the first one, but it's the second chronologically. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, got it. You go by the old. If you put the story in order. Yeah. I was about to say, wait, no, do I have to read another? I'm nervous. I want to make no, sure I got it all. I want all the it's lore. Okay. okay. You don't need the the creation of Narnia, the Narnia Big Bang, the creation the myth. Bang. Yes. Although that is my second favorite of the Narnia books. I like. It's them. good. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you should read it if you have the time. It's a great series. I'm not gonna have time anytime soon, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> our man Clive Staples really went hard on the winter aesthetic, so we decided yes. it's definitely Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe Month. Clive and our Staples. Mm-hmm. What do you think the CS stands for? Well, I've never thought it's, of no, it. You know what? It stands name. for Suis Suis Lewis. <laughs> I've never thought. Oh, this wow. is the longest we've ever taken to announce book club. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. Um, this is how it should you, be. Um, you keep um, going. Anyway, Suis Suis Lewis <laughs> wrote a book which we are discussing on a Tuesday this month, on December 26th, oh, American right. Tuesday, uh, Australian American Wednesday. Tuesday. American um, Wednesday. Because we decided to um, perhaps give people Christmas off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You guys can enjoy time with your family if applicable, I guess. If applicable, sure. yeah. Happy mm-hmm. holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Generic winter sentiment, as they would say in community. <laughs> there we go. Well, that's super exciting. And where can we find all the uh, Bella's Book Club stuff again? Where can we find all that info? Um, so Bella's Book yeah. Club, all one word, on Tumblr. It has all of our announcements. Also a link to our Discord where we post announcements. We also have a Goodreads and a Storygraph, which are also Bella's Book Club, all one word, lowercase. Woohoo! And you can find us online in many places, just as um, Three Books, One Plot. And we are Three Books, One Plot, all spelled out on Tumblr, Instagram, TikTok, and Ko-Fi. And our Gmail is threebooksoneplot at gmail.com. Uh, in our episode description, you can find links, including the link to our show notes for this episode and links to all the socials that I just listed. Um, as always, our home base, where we are most interactive, is our Tumblr account. So that is where we cross post polls and occasionally share bonus content. And anytime we talk about show notes or we'll post it here, like it's all it's all going on Tumblr. Um, it's always just the easiest place for us to interact with you guys because we can answer asks, reply to tag posts, reblog stuff, engage with you guys. Um, so if you don't have a Tumblr, I mean... Now's, Now's the, time. the time. Jump yeah, on it, you know. 
both feet forward. Um, and another quick thank you to everyone who has sent us messages on Tumblr and via Gmail, which we got to read today, which is exciting. Heck yeah, um, shout out to our three. I know, maybe next time, who knows how many more episodes will pass before we'll have enough um, messages to read again. So, True. I mean, hey, if you've got a question, a message, anything you want to share, send it our way. Um, and also feel free to rate and review our show in the platforms you use. And again, if that platform Spotify, and if you're listening through the app, vote for your MVP, answer our question of the week. Um, and I do want to also give a shout out to our Apple listeners because listen, I know you Apple podcast people don't <laughs> get your shout outs as often. Um, but I would also like to request you all to also rate and review because Spotify users really got you beat there i will say so oh let's make it a contest good idea <laughs> don't let them be better than you don't make, don't let them be better than you you apple let's you apple shows. two kings against each other exactly you know? <laughs> our, our spotify bad bitches and our apple bad bitches exactly who would win yeah and so and i also wanted to give a special shout out not only to our apple podcast listeners but to our ko-fi contributors for the last month um which is a weird yes. thing to say um so thank you so much to whitney king's gambit and k um thank you all so much um like we mentioned every episode we don't profit off of this podcast at all um every dollar we receive goes straight towards just running this podcast and putting it out there for you guys um but every month we do get closer and closer to going beyond that and as we stated at the very beginning of this podcast um if we do end up making any profit off of this or if we end up making anything into the green it's all going to the move to higher ground um, initiative for the Quilu tribe to move buildings out of the tsunami zone so you can go to mthg.org to find more information about that but again um i just we really appreciate everybody who has sent a couple dollars our way because it just helps us keep this on the air for you and we sound like a PBS pledge drive. I, I listen, I'm trying to just get all the info out. And I mean, now that we're solidly back in season two in, I mean, real time and in podcast time, we're going to be trying to post more to Instagram and TikTok and stuff. So feel free to join in on the fun on those apps too. Like, but I mean, Tumblr is always just the number one place you want to be. That's where the party's at, I think. So, Maybe so. go to Tumblr if you want to do whatever but if not choose the platform you want quality content and the show quality and that really is just where the party's at but i mean hey yeah that's really all i've got for you there let's see g yeah this is i'm curious to what you're gonna say but Mm -hmm. i really would like to know what your safety tip is this week this (laughs) episode I'm so okay. curious. Uh, Jacob's safety tip of the week is oh, no. always bring a popcorn bucket in your car. Especially if Mike Newton's going to be in there because that guy is riddled with disease. I hate the puke <laughs> buckets. That's fine. Absolutely crucial. Sure. <laughs> grab that bucket. Strap in. And we'll Twilight's see you guys. grab your buckets. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.